Hey, it's Gina with the Good News Girl podcast. Welcome to the show. Really glad to have you here. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi. Hello. Good News Girl here, Gina. Hope everyone's having a nice evening. I wanted to come on with a word and share um, some stuff that uh, the Lord was showing me. I'm just going to put my other microphone here. So thank you for joining and listening. And um, I'm talking about uh, the parting of the, of the seas. And um, I have to use my notes a little bit. But the other day I was on with a word out of Psalm chapter 3. And the verse said, um, many are saying of me, God will not deliver me, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. And then the last verse in um, Psalm chapter three says, from the Lord comes deliverance. And it says, may your blessing be on your people. So basically when I was reading that, I was kind of feeling like, you know, sometimes people feel their situation is so far beyond um, anyone can t- touch it. You know, it just feels like nothing's going to ever change. You know, how many have been there where it just seems like nothing's happening, um, things aren't changing, nothing will ever change. And it's like many are saying God will not deliver him. People are saying that to to David. And the thing of it is, God is the deliverer. <laughs> There is nothing he cannot do. Nothing. Nothing he can't do. So I was actually meditating and praying for a couple of situations of my own. And I started thinking about um, how many times, I, I just wonder, I was like, it's not just once, but how many times in the Bible did God part the seas? How many times did he part the waters? And so the answer is, that I came up with when I was l- studying this a little bit was a, was five times. Um the first time, well, I'll start, I'll start in Exodus chapter 14. You know, we see Moses part the water. Um, the Egyptians are chasing after the, the Israelites and, um, Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. This is in chapter 14, verse, verse 13. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you just stay calm. I think I'm reading from the uh, New Living. So uh, anyway, to go to back up, a, to keep going, I'm sorry. Um, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. How many times have you come up against your situation and it's like there's nowhere to go? There is nowhere to go. I tried going left. I tried going right. I tried backing up. I tried laying down. Now they're at that. My enemies are right upon me. There's nowhere to go. The sea is in front of me. There's nowhere to go. And God's like, part that sea. <laughs> Verse 17, he says, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will, they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. So sometimes God likes to show off just so people know that he's God. (laughs) Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. 
So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. You know, there's that verse in the Bible that says, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. <laughs> you know, you're in a, you're somewhere and you're like the rain's in the way or there's something, you know, the weather's not cooperating. Man, speak to that thing. Jesus is Lord over the weather. Anyway, picking back up, then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from the Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. They knew God was on their side. You know, the psalm that says some trust in chariots and some in horses. Sometimes you feel like you've got all of these things in your arsenal, but we trust in the name of our God. It doesn't matter what our situation looks like or what's up against us, because oftentimes what's stacked up against us, you know, are the people trusting in their chariots and their horses. <laughs> and it's like God can wipe that out and cause total confusion, mess up their wheels, get them all scattered and totally park the sea before you so you can walk on dry ground. Anyway, that is a powerful passage in the, in the Bible. Um, second time we see it in Joshua chapter three, um, when the priests who carried the ark of the Lord's feet touched the Jordan, the waters backed up and parted. All of Israel could pass by on totally dry ground. It's crazy. Um, and then we see it in the account of Elijah and Elisha. So in Kings, Second uh, Kings chapter two, verse eight, we see Elijah first part the water. Elijah strikes the water with his cloak and it just divides. And he and Elisha go, go through. That's when Elisha saw Elijah get pulled up in the whirlwind and Elisha received the double portion. So what does Elisha do? Fast forwarding in Second Kings chapter two, verse 12, Elisha picks up Elijah's cloak and um, the first thing he does is part the water, just like Elijah. So Elijah's last miracle was Elisha's first miracle. I just think that's really interesting. So he receives the double portion from him and he steps into it exactly. Isn't it so interesting that Joshua was, was studying under Moses and Elisha under Elijah? You can receive someone's anointing. You know, it's powerful stuff. It's very real. This is biblical stuff that I'm talking about. Um, it's just, it's really neat. So not only do we see this miracle one time, it's not like it's one little portion of scripture, but we see the waters parted four times that I've just explained. Moses, Joshua, Elijah, and then Elisha. But listen, let's back up to the first time it happened. The first time the waters were parted in the Bible, the first account that we can see it happen is in Genesis chapter one, verses six and seven. God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that's what happened. God made this space um, to separate the waters. And so it was already a thing that was happening between God. You know, it says in, in one of the Proverbs that wisdom dwelt there with the spirit when the, when the creation happened. And it's just so powerful that, you know, there was this thing and God was setting the tone that, man, these waters can always be parted. And it's just something that we can rely on. You know, I was reading that in Psalm chapter three, where it says, they say of me, who will deliver this guy? Who will deliver him from his situation? And David goes on to say, God is my deliverer. 
you know, I just started thinking about the times the, the sea was parted. I mean, think about this is a big deal. If you had all of your belongings and you were at a swimming pool and had to pass by, imagine how difficult that would be. You're leading all sorts of masses of people and you have to get them across the swimming pool, let alone a sea, <laughs> rivers, waters, streams, anything. It's, it's powerful stuff. Um, so I just think, you know, there's nothing that is too great for God. And I want to just drive that home that there's an anointing on this, that God is not too small. Actually, there's a verse and I didn't write it down, but it's also in second Kings. Um, I think it's chapter three. It's after the Elijah, Elisha thing. Elisha goes and performs another water miracle. He tells the people, he says, you have this, they were in like a drought or something and there was dry land. I'm doing this from memory. Um, but basically, Elisha says, there will be water. There, water's going to come and it's not going to have anything to do with rain. There won't be winds. You're just going to have this miracle of water. Okay. Cool thing about the water. Again, God can just provide this stuff. It's powerful. But he says, there's this key verse and I wish I had the exact scripture for you. Maybe I'll drop it in the comments when I'm done. Um, but there's this exact scripture that says, this is a small thing for God. It's a small thing for God to do something like this, something so powerful that's mind blowing to us that God can split the seas, that he can just add water in a situation where there is none. It's a small thing for God to do that. And then it says, he's going to give you defeat over your enemies. You know, it's, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. God is so powerful. He's so amazing. There is so many aspects of things. When The second that you think your situation, you know, you're relying on your own understanding or thinking about other times or thinking about other people and, you know, how they got through these types of things and you don't see an end in sight. It's like, that's when God shows up. That's when the waters get parted. That's when the thing just changes. That's when the en your enemies get thrown into confusion. That's when those who trust in chariots and horses completely get blindsided because they didn't trust in the Lord our God. We trust in the Lord our God. And so I love you guys. I enjoy this word. It really lit me up inside. I wanted to share it. And I pray it blesses you. And whatever you're walking through, it's not too big. It's not too big for God. It's a small thing. He can do it. He's working on it. <laughs> Look for him in the situation. You know, um, we take our steps forward, but in every step that we take, we're submitting to him so that he can take our paths, making our paths known, making the right way before us. And sometimes he's like, that's the wrong way. Let's move this way. Okay, you're on track. Keep moving that way. Don't, don't change yet. Okay, now come over here. Let's go. You know, we have to keep taking the steps forward. He can't steer a parked car. We have to make our steps, but we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it with the things that we think that we have in our possessions and control. We can't do it in our own understanding. Understanding is so important, but it says the peace of God transcends all understanding. So, you know, we have to look for God to lead us because he wants us. He is so jealous for us. You have to understand this. He is jealous for you. There is nothing. There is nobody. There's nobody like you to him. 
you know, you are the one he died on a cross. Do you understand? He wants your heart. Like he wants you. He doesn't want you trying to figure something out on your own. Something goes wrong. Bells and whistles start flying off. We start grabbing for all those places that we think are familiar or what we know in our own, you know, our own strength. And he's like, come to me, look to me, trust in me. Sometimes he's just trying to shake some of that stuff free from us, off of us, you know, because he wants you to have the good things. He doesn't want you to feel uncomfortable or go through something difficult. Oh, well, I bless you guys. Thank you for, for tuning in and um, pray that you just have an amazing day. And I pray that your sea gets parted and I pray that it happens now. Amen. Bless you all.